Okay, so I've been thinking. You know okay. those like restaurants in Manhattan or like the Bronx that they have a menu where like they have sandwiches or paninis or subs or whatever that are named after celebrities that have eaten there? Uh, kinda. Okay, so that got me thinking. What sandwich would be named after you? What would your sandwich have on it? Zach, let's start with you. What would my sandwich have on it? Well, fun fact, at work recently. Asking, I'm sorry. At first I thought you were asking, what would the sandwich named after you be named? And I'm like, oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> so, Zito. Uh, fun fact at work. Um, a couple times I had gotten one of those, you know, when you go to like a convenience store and you can buy like a pre-made sub. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I got one of those, and both times it's been a spicy Italian. Both times I've taken the little sticker off that says spicy Italian and pinned it to my shirt. So now the two people I'm working with uh, will refer to me as spicy Italian. Um, okay. So I, I feel like it's only right for me to be a spicy Italian. What do you think your, your like one little tweak would be that makes it a Zach sandwich? Well, you got to have uh, banana peppers on there. They have that little bit of zing, a little bit of snap. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, I don't know, maybe some, like, oregano. <laughs> okay. How about you, Charlotte? My deli sandwich? My namesake? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what a traditional thing would be probably a buffalo chicken something because mm. i am a really big fan of that it would definitely be panini it would definitely be grilled mm. that's my favorite. nice uh with extra ranch yum i'd order that and i think that for the weird thing that it would have to have on it would be either like salt and vinegar chips like in the sandwich or like mac and cheese in the sandwich ah yeah mm. Nice. No. Buffalo mac and cheese chicken. That sounds good. (laughs) I would rather die. (laughs) I know. That was for you, Zach. Okay, how about you, Margaret? Okay, so whenever I do get a sub sandwich, it's always like the meatball. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And I don't think that anything I put on it is weird, but like bell peppers. That's pretty weird. Doesn't have to be weird. Oh, okay. Bell peppers and spinach. Mm. On a meatball something? That's unique. Yeah. That is kind of unique. Yeah, I don't put anything on my meatball but cheese. But if it was going to be like a true, like, Margot sandwich, like to go with your namesake, it absolutely would have to have, be either really spicy or have beans on it. <laughs> oh, Margot, you bean lover. <laughs> She's all about the beans. Can't have too many beans on a sandwich. It, it just, you know, it makes it soggy. Have you ever had a bean sandwich before, though? Absolutely not. Yeah. You make toast, and it's refried beans on top. Really? I wouldn't yeah. want that sandwich. I, I wouldn't want that sandwich of, named after me. I think that's a big thing in, like, Australia. Oh, yeah. Like big beans from your Australian podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a resident Australian. I'm pretty know about Uncultured. Me. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you're right. Big beans on toast is a big British thing, and and yeah, 
because they don't know how to eat good food there. Yeah. There's some dolces in mace. <laughs> oh, boy. Whatever, nerds. <laughs> That's very nice. But, all right, it's your turn, Josh. Uh, I, I should have had something in mind when I uh, posed that. Um, <laughs> my sandwich, my favorite sandwich is a PB&J. I'm a simple guy. Uh, what? You're a trailer trash kind of guy. I'm trailer trash. PB&J, dipping in some noodles and noodles, some cherry Kool-Aid on the side. Oh, yeah. Um, maybe it could be a grilled PB&J on a panini. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. It is good. Well, you gotta come to my shop, Old Josh. Yeah. Nobody's ever made me one. Because you haven't earned it. If you came over and you said, and I said, "Hey, Shaw, you want a peanut butter and jelly?" You would slap me in the face. (laughs) (laughs) You smell right. (laughs) Without hesitation. Yes, I wouldn't finish saying J by the time your hand connects. (laughs) <laughs> it's a really funny image in my in my head of Charlotte slapping Zach directly in the face. And I dress like Chef Boyardee because I'm ready to cook. <laughs> a PB and J. Welcome yeah. to Don't Drink the Tea, the Agatha Christie podcast where we analyze Agatha Christie's books one by one. I'm Josh. I'm Charlotte. I'm Zach. And I'm Sally. Yeah, and we have a special oh, guest today. I'm Josh, I'm Zach, I'm Charlotte. I almost said, I'm Zach! <laughs> you wish. Hey, I thought I was going to be Zach this week. You're not an Italian sub with extra banana peppers. I mean, a what spicy like Italian. That? No, that's not what Charlotte is. You are that. Oh, I was going to say, you have the right. <laughs> no. One time I played that sticker trick with a, in the supermarket. I'd never seen this before, but someone had went through and put stickers on all the fruit that was ripe. So I just like took it off and put it on my shirt, and I was so upset that not a single person noticed. Wow! <laughs> it was so mad. They probably did, but just like shook their head and wondered how you got out of the mental institution. Well, one time I uh, jumped through a little fountain uh, <laughs> in my jeans. You remember this, Josh? I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. And I walked through the store, and only my crotch and down my legs were wet, so it looked like I peed myself. And so we had to go into Walmart. And so as I we walked by everyone in Walmart, I looked them dead in the eyes and said, don't worry, it's just water. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So whether people would have noticed or not, I don't know. But I drew attention to it. I was there, and I couldn't have predicted where that story was going. <laughs> You've done so many things like that that I couldn't figure out what the ending was. I not jump through that many fountains. But it's not I, things like that. Like things you just decide to do in the spur of the moment that cause you embarrassment <laughs> later on in public. I think you were more embarrassed than I was. Oh, probably, yeah. Me, I'm an uptidy way. <clears throat> were you like 12 or like, you know? No, this was like last year. Yeah. Late. No, the most embarrassed I've ever been is when me and Zach went up to the in Walmart again when me and Zach went up to buy a pack of underwear together together with our money combined and we didn't have enough money we had to put it back I remember that story together combined we didn't have enough money to buy our underwear I probably have told that it was like like 10 bucks and like we looked together we had like 950 something and the guy was like and we were like 
we don't have enough. And the guy was like, oh, sorry about that, guys. And we're like, yeah. what was he going to do? Pitch in to help us buy our underwear? It would have been nice. And why were we yeah, buying no, underwear together? It was under we staying over at somebody's house. Oh. We hadn't planned on it. And <laughs> we, we went to buy to underwear. Shower. Yeah. But we didn't want to put on the same underwear. Right. And we bought a pair. And this is coming from the, the guy who thinks he can live on his own. Oh, yeah. That's that's my... now, Josh. Yep, that's, that's the news in my life. I am recording from my apartment that I moved into between last episode and now. All on my own, first time. Wow. Yep. We're all so impressed. Thanks. <laughs> the only exciting thing that's happened to me is that I had a sweet duel with a snake today. Nice. Um, that was what? about it. Uh, snake, definitely. Uh, <laughs> seeing as though I tried to hit it with a very dull piece of wood, and it just got real upset and bit the wood and then slithered away, and I was just afraid the rest of the day. What kind wow. of snake? What? What kind of snake? Like anaconda? Yeah, it was about uh, 20 feet long. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you how long it actually was. But the thing was that uh, a friend of mine had thrown it into the woods earlier that day, and it came back for me. Hmm. It came back to fight. Gosh. And I wasn't going to say no. So. You never back down. You're a spicy Italian. You never back That's down. right. Yep. Well, we've gone almost 10 minutes, and we haven't properly introduced our special guest, Penelope. How are you doing tonight? Great. What brings Thanks you? For being with us. Yeah. How are you, are you familiar with Don't Drink the Tea at all? Um, I've listened to two podcasts. Oh my gosh, Ooh. we're touched. You're our biggest fan. I know. I stuck with it for two. <laughs> <laughs> That's wow. more than I've accomplished. So. And I do follow you guys on Spotify. That's very nice. You know how many people are at home screaming right now? That have listened to every episode and been begging to be on and they haven't then. And now she's on and she's yeah. only listened to two episodes. That's why we're not using her real name because of the backlash and the uh, the death threats. They will track you and kill you. Yeah. So please, everyone, leave Shauna alone. And I will go back and I will disguise her voice. I will make her sound like uh, like really really deep like those people on the news that have to have their identity protected if you want to go ahead and leave a blank space here for it and i'll blur your face <laughs> Good call. so this time in case you didn't know from the 10 minutes of us talking about sandwiches and snakes uh this podcast is usually or supposed to be in name only really about books and this time we are reviewing uh, Agatha Christie's, or not Agatha Christie, but Zach's favorite pseudonym, Mary Westmacott. Mary Westmacott. <laughs> her book. Her second book, Unfinished Portrait. Charlotte, you had never read this one either, right? No, that is correct. So neither of us had ever read this book before in this podcast. For the, this episode, is the first time we both read it. Yeah, that's pretty exciting because there's not much overlap between, like, because there, there's very few things that you haven't read and there's a couple that I haven't read. So right, that's right. odd. 
but it was good. I was always kind of like, it felt like a, a hole in the expertise that, that I had never read her Westmacott. So I'm glad to get to do that now. Yes. I'm glad that we're having the opportunity to do it. So this is the second one. Her identity still was not known yet as Mary Westmacott. That didn't come until later whenever it was released uh, because she she did a play. Did you hear about that, Charlotte? I heard her say in an interview that she kept it secret for like 15 years, I think. Mm-hmm. On that thing She's looking at me for like, <laughs> is that right? But no, I took a nap, Charlotte. <laughs> I took a 50-minute nap. There's this... <laughs> There's a, uh, a documentary called Unfinished Portrait about the life of Agatha Christie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is, this is great. This is great for Claire because she we can watch it and like she can be in on the thing. And she's like, oh, yeah. I was all game. I was like, let's watch this thing. Great work. Yeah. You looked like you were watching it, though. I'm very good at that. <laughs> so that, that documentary was just about her life, not about this book in particular. No, but it had, it almost completely drew all of the parallels to her life right. from it, and it quoted from it more than any other book. Right, because that was one thing I noticed early on, is that this book, almost almost all of it mirrors her actual life, that I, o- I only got that from reading her autobiography and before, and then reading this, how certain passages were like exactly the same things so many things that happened to her that happened to this main character in this book so this book is kind of like was a disguised autobiography because people didn't even know it was Agatha Christie writing it and her autobiography hadn't been released yet so it was like a a disguised autobiography yeah yeah and what were you saying about the play uh that her identity wasn't known until I don't know if it's the next Westmacott a daughter's a daughter was released they made it into a play and word got out that it was written by her so more people would see it i guess and that was when it was connected was then i don't know if that's the next one or like there's one more in between i have read that one before a daughter's a daughter yeah because there's five right and the other one is the burden yeah yeah there might be six there's Giant's Bread, Unfinished Portrait, The Burden, A Daughter's a Daughter, Absent in the Spring, oh, and The Rose and the Yew Tree. This is six. I don't know why I know all that. Because I'm a nerd. <laughs> so, Charlotte, do you want to give um, uh, Hannah and Zach, like, the the basic plot to start up with? Mm, yes. That would be helpful. Yeah, um, so it basically goes like this. Eh! Huh? Uh... What? Ugh! So there you go. Yeah, that's it. I wish wish Josh had also explained to me the plot so I could decipher all of that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, usually I I do, but we weren't together this time. Yeah. Can you give him a... Josh won't tell me where he lives. (laughs) <laughs> it's a secret. Yes, yeah. I completely agree with it. And I'll go ahead and spoil before we get to the reviews that this is the first book that we have read for the podcast that I hate and made me angry. 
Like, I don't like the big four, and there's a few that I didn't like or I didn't like things about this. This book makes me mad. And I told Charlotte the other day, the only thing I told her, because we're not allowed to talk about these until the podcast, but we were together and, you know, yeah. And I told her, when I got to the end of this book, I felt like Sally Field's character at the end of Mrs. Doubtfire, when she realizes that (laughs) Robin Williams has been Mrs. Doubtfire, fire all along and she's like the whole time the whole time and that's all she could say and she has to flee the restaurant i felt like sally field's character mrs doubtfire at the end of this book and i was so mad the whole time wait why were what was that moment that made you okay should i go back and do it we can go we can go through the plot because a lot of it is pretty ho-hum and filler so you could probably go through it pretty quick Okay. Yeah, that's true. So here's the thing. I don't, I don't know how many people who, I don't know how many people here and how many people who, who may be listening to this. I've read a lot of classic novels. Mm-hmm. Anybody? Hey. Yeah. Big time over here. <laughs> <laughs> Zach wrote we a classic novel. That hard. <laughs> See, this is why we brought Jenna on Zach is to keep you company. Balance. Jenna, you didn't. You don't like classic novels. It's balance um, for the force. Well, I want to be a person who reads. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you'd have to read. That's the hard part. Like I, I want it. I, <laughs> I don't know if I slept on a book, maybe it wouldn't help. It's a good idea. No, I've tried. Okay. <laughs> so okay. I slept on a very hungry caterpillar. The book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and an actual one. <laughs> and it's neither one worked. All right, Charlie, give us the play-by. Give us the play-by-play. Okay, so one of the things that used to happen in... It, it was a device, I guess you would call it. What's going on, Zach? <laughs> That's just for Josh. <laughs> he, looked, he looked like a bat was flying around his room. And he didn't, his eyes were so giant. And he was like looking up at his ceiling and his eyes darting back and forth. <laughs> Waiting for it to change. Like gags on a radio show. Yeah, I had to describe it. All right, a device in classic so, novels. It was a, it was it was a uh, writing device. Yeah, where it, it was it's told like in the what would you even call it, Josh? Like the fourth person. Yeah. Where like there's a person who starts a story telling another person about someone else's experience. Right. And that's how this opens up. It's, it's some random and, person that. I'm unimportant, and uh, you don't need to know my name, and also, uh, I used to be a painter, and there's something wrong with my arm. And you know... That's the first chapter. That was, like, common, like, you know, with women that wrote early on, even if they had a a woman narrator or a a woman as the main story, usually it was a man at the beginning and a man at the end, because that helped the book sell more, is what I've heard about it. Like they I would... think that you were correct. And yes, so... because the, the example that came to my mind was uh, Mary Shelley, because it was very mm-hmm. similar to the way that Frankenstein begins. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh important telling a story about someone else's life that happened. So, like, if you were to start it with the quotations at the beginning of the page, it would be like, quote, single quote, double quote, single quote, double quote. So. Yeah. It's, it always feels <laughs> unnecessary reading it modern day like why do we have to have this guy at the beginning and at the end 
Yeah, which is interesting. I'm glad that you gave it a little historical context because I always wondered like if there was a reason for that, and that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That that would happen. So yeah, so it starts out with this guy telling the story about a woman that he met on a cliff, like on an island, like a resort, and he realized. Like, he, he met her, and he's like, hi, nice day, and walked by, and then he's like, oh, no, she's going to kill herself. <laughs> yeah. So he, and that sounds kind of like, that sounds kind of rude, but actually that part was well told. Um, yeah, the beginning, beginning like, yeah, the beginning was happened? well done. This is the movie I fell asleep twice to, isn't it? Uh, no, that's a different one. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> no, you fell asleep to Evil Under the Sun. But you fell asleep <laughs> during a lot of movies then, Evelyn? Action movies, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Why aren't you on camera, Josh? <laughs> I'm like <laughs> leaning back and it's like just my head. I'm like, you can adjust your camera. <laughs> it's like laying on a pillow like it's a crown being presented to a prince. Your head or your device? <laughs> my device. <laughs> my device. I'm literally laying in bed and I'm in more view than you. I probably should move into bed. I don't know why I'm in my living room sitting all uncomfortably. <laughs> it's your space. You can you can go wherever you want. Please don't yeah. go on the toilet while you're Go to the kitchen if you want. <laughs> Get in the tub. Hey! Okay, so he sees the woman. He realizes that she's going to kill herself. He goes back and he's like, no, you can't. Do yeah, no, you can't do it. And somehow he talks her into telling him her whole life story right and so i think christy was very fair about one thing she said in the very first chapter she said you know this is just like this is the ramblings of a of a person who just needed to talk about their life Mm -hmm. it's not in any particular order it's not like there's a plot (laughs) and she was so right right because you keep because you're so conditioned for when you're reading her writing, you're like, oh, okay, uh, you know, what are the clues? You know, what what's the misdirect? What's going to be the twist? And there's none of that. But it's really hard, which is fine because it's a totally different genre. But it's hard to turn your brain off from that and be right. like, oh, these little insignificant details are really important. It's like, no, no, we're not circling back to that. Just leave it. Keep yeah. going. Get it. And so her last one was Giants. So the woman telling the story to the guy, she goes all the way back to her childhood. And remember, the last uh, book that Christy wrote that was straight drama was Giant's Bread. And it started when it was the little boy. It started with him. <laughs> Is that a lawnmower set? <laughs> I hate everything. <laughs> I absolutely. I tell my dad, I say, Dad, I'm doing a podcast with Josh and Charlotte at eight. And he's like, yeah. No problem, man. And then we have a bit of a conversation. He's like, yeah, I'll see you later. I'm like, yeah, okay. And then he decides at 8.35 to mow directly next to my window. It's a little late, yeah. I just don't know anymore. Does he have uh, headlights on his uh, lawnmower? He likes to mow it's in the dark. It's bright as day outside, but that's really no excuse. Yeah, it is bright. He's gonna... You still hear it? <laughs> I can't hear it anymore. Just when okay. he was right by your window. <clears throat> Is he going to come he's back? He's still, like, hovering right around my area, so. He, like, opens your window, and he's like, I got a few thoughts about that. <laughs> I'm like, 
Very West McCall. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, we'll understand. It's not your fault. So please. Okay. <laughs> so, in the last book, in Giant's Bread, it, we said that the best thing about that was it started from the, the, the boy growing up, but it was told from his perspective. You remember, like, everything was relative to how a kid would see it. Like, a, yes. he didn't understand who his parents really were. He didn't really understand anything. <laughs> There's the lawnmower again. <laughs> I just don't know. But with this one, it was told yep. not from the girl's perspective, but like somebody else telling us, you know, she thought the grandfather clock was a person, but really it was a grandfather clock. Oh, I see what you mean. So yeah, it yeah, wasn't yeah. told from, yeah, it was a it third was person so telling of how she felt about it. Sorry, the delay is making us talk at the same time. It was, um, it was an adult talking about how they felt as a child, but interpreting it as yes, an adult. Right. For adult telling about the adult telling the story. So it was kind of like, remember the one thing you liked about Giant's Bread? Here is all of the same boredom and unnecessary plot, but without that one thing that you liked. Which was her uh, power of description? Yeah, like the way she wrote from the kid's perspective was both of our favorite things in Giant's Bread. Oh. And in this book, like the description, it, the way it was the adult saying the way the kid felt, but now saying it as an adult, completely cut out any of the, the originality of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I want to hate this book. Um, there are a few reasons that I don't, but it's not good. No. <laughs> So, and I don't think I would ever say to someone else, yeah, you should read this. Right. No, I never ever would. So we go through her childhood, and now that's when you see like a bunch of things that it's like clear that it's mirroring Agatha Christie's life. At the beginning, she talks about having a reoccurring dream about, what is it? She calls him the gunman who only has one hand. And He's like a soldier. Yeah, she'll be having any dream. It'll be a normal dream, and he'll just pop up out of nowhere. And I remember that was in Agatha Christie's autobiography, too. That was a dream that she had, too. A gunman would just pop up in her dreams randomly, a soldier with one hand that was always carrying a gun, and it frightened her because she couldn't explain it. Right, and that was in the uh, that was in the documentary as well. Yeah. I remember that part. Ooh, I good. was awake. Good job. Yeah. I think she told that kind of well, like the the dreams, the way she told about the dream, that was, she wrote that part well. Yeah, she did. Do you want to skip ahead to whenever she's, there's like this section where she's like in her teenage years where like a bunch of men are proposing to her and she's like not going for it, which is the same thing in Agatha Christie's autobiography. Like every single man on earth would have one conversation with her and then would propose to her. So kind of the same thing happens in this book. But do you want to skip ahead to her married life? Because that's when the plot pretends to pick up. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, so like a big thing was she had a happy childhood. Like she loved her parents. They loved each other. And then I guess her father was the first one to die. Mm -hmm. 
he was like not well and then she was really really close to her mom and her grandmother who was a very strong character and like Christy's ability to create a character that you were like oh my gosh I know someone just like that she did a really good job with the grandmother which mm-hmm. of course was modeled after her own grandmother mm-hmm. um, so yeah she finally she's going through like all the coming into society and and like choosing a suitor and she settles on this one guy that she felt she could be faithful like that he was predictable and she would always know how he he felt and she said that they were like you know they were like they never took life seriously that they could just have fun right i don't remember his name because i hated him and i didn't care that this guy was like no nonsense right like he was like no emotion. There was no emotion about this guy. And she was like, he never really thought like how a woman would feel. She's like, I know he'll never cheat on me because he never pays attention to women. Uh, and he like, will never understand my feelings, but I love him anyway. Yes, Dermot, D-E-R-M-O-T. So just imagine like the biggest jerk on earth. Like he always says the worst things to her. And they keep having this argument about how he's, he like says, please don't get ugly. You remember that Charlotte? Yeah. He's like, please, whatever you do, don't stop being beautiful. And every time she's like, why do you keep saying that? Like, I have no control over getting old or whatever. And he's like, don't do it. She wants to have a kid. And he's like afraid that someone's going to, take attention away from him and he like he's so against that idea and even when she's pregnant he's like i'm gonna hate this kid because you're gonna pay more attention to the kid than you are me he's like every terrible thought that a person could have he always is super honest about it and he's like unashamed yeah yeah he has no filter but the the and then when you find out that that was modeled after her ex-husband yeah was like oh okay he deserves all of this but there was a uh, like a little section where she's describing um the difference between her personality and his and i felt like it completely summed up the myers-briggs test like so well her understanding of people's individuality was really really strong mm-hmm. she always wrote all of her mystery stories always had psychological motives yeah I, she just had an amazing understanding of human nature because one of the big things that differentiates what your personality type is is um reality versus uh imagination mm-hmm. what's going on back <laughs> he, he put away the lawnmower and i'm like oh nice and you a weed eater going at like full blast <laughs> if he comes near the window you could just mute your microphone for a second i can't hear it right now here it comes. Get ready. I can kind of Kind of. Nothing. Yeah, we missed it. I'm disappointed. Like, I can Are hear it just, just faintly. I really hope he has like a chainsaw next. <laughs> he just comes through he your door. He had one earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Before the podcast started, he had one out and running and all that stuff. He's got to have the leaf blower to get all the grass clippings, though. He just oh, wants, yeah. He might. He actually, don't even joke about that, because he will. He just <laughs> wants the guest star. He wants to get in on this. He just wants everybody to know that he likes to take care of his lawn. Yeah. Get him on, weedy. Like, thanks. 
but hey, uh, Linda mowed the lawn today, and then what was your emotion after you mowed your lawn? I turned into a father. <laughs> I just went into the sunroom, and I just was drinking my water, staring at my lawn. And one hand on your hip. One hand on my hip, and I was like, that's a nice one. I was just, yeah. Wow. And then you turned around, you're like, oh my gosh, what have I become? <laughs> I just standing admiring the lawn. Like, yeah, I take care of my lawn. And you're like, I take care of my lawn. Your lawn care podcast. Like, yeah, and also, <laughs> <No. laughs> episode also, one. That might give the second worst podcast name I've heard. <laughs> What's the first? <laughs> and the first one? Well, it's a spoiler. Oh. Josh knows. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's our secret project. The most subtle wink I've ever seen. Okay. I oh, will... well, dating was Zach. I remember. No, this is... A... I'll, I'll talk about it at the end of the podcast, I promise. Just remind me, Zach. Okay. Okay, okay so I'll you're talking about Christy and the Myers-Briggs test. Yeah, um, so there was this one paragraph where um, she said, oh, that, okay, so talking about thoughts and feelings seemed to Dermot to uh, be a waste of time. He liked realities, not ideas. Mm -hmm. Sometimes Celia, who is the woman main character, would ask him questions like, what would you do if I ran away with someone? Or what would you do if I died? Dermot never knew what he would do. Right, exactly. Exactly. It's would you love me if I was a worm? <laughs> How could he know till it happened? But can't you just sort of imagine? No, Dermot couldn't. Imagining things that weren't so seemed to him a great waste of time. Mm -hmm. so, so Dermot is a, I, what is it, I-N? I-N-T-P. Yeah. I can see that now. What? The worst character in uh, all of Christie's work is in the Aren't you that? No, no, oh, no. Thank goodness. You always think that's I am. I am TJ. Oh, yeah. So you're more like Christie's grandmother. Zach is Dermot. <laughs> and I am, I am the one-armed soldier. <laughs> no, you're the guy she didn't marry. You're the guy who was like um, Peter or something. He was oh, like... Yeah we could like get married or something or i don't know like it's whatever and then she sent him a letter and like hey i'm marrying somebody else and he's like i deserve that because i'm too slow to ever make a decision so you have a nice life because he left and he was like he was gonna try to he was gonna give her time to think about it right because she really did like him yeah but dermot came in at that time and she ended up with Dermot. So through their whole relationship, he acts like this, but that's one thing that keeps coming up is that she's like, well, at least I know Dermot will never look at another woman because he's not like that. That would never occur in his brain to give another woman attention. But because he is a selfish man pig, what happens? <laughs> he has an affair. Thanks for really making 
Nice. Can we just call Dermot Zach for the rest of the podcast? No, do Talk about Dermot's and the way that Dermot handles it, like the fact that he's so cold and logical, and it really, as much as you hate him, like it's well painted because the way he presents this information to Celia, like so emotionless and just like factual, is so. Uh, it drives you crazy. It's so irritating, but also heartbreaking to know that that's probably exactly what her actual husband did. Yeah, yeah. I actually got a little like, uh, I like tense, like like mm-hmm. when you're watching, like a a, a domestic fight scene in yeah. a movie, and you're like, uh, can this be over now? Reading that part, I was like, this is so horrible. This this is what happened to her, and it was real. And that, yeah, that part made it really really sad. So I think I think she was really brave. As much as I hate this, I think she was really brave for being, even though she was doing it under, you know, a false name. She was really brave for bearing all of that in this book. Yes, and I agree, because I thought the same thing as I was reading. I was like, this was kind of, I think, like, cathartic for her. Like, mm-hmm. it was a really, it was, it was therapy for her to write this, because the book that she wrote, and we've talked about this book she wrote, when this actually happened to her in real time, or the book she was writing was Mystery on the Blue Train, mm-hmm. which she hates, but was so good. Mm-hmm. But it was painted in her mind because of what was going on at the time. And this, she probably... Didn't she say... I'm asking you again. Let's see if I remember. Let's okay. see if I was waiting for this part. Okay. Right. <laughs> didn't she say... When, <laughs> when they were... Um, I'm testing to see if you're awake right now. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> didn't she say on the... Because they had a little clip of an interview of her that she said this was the book she was the most proud of of? I was okay. Wow. Like, sure. That sounds so good. Thank you for agreeing with me. Yeah. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that that was what she said, that this was the book she was the most proud of. And I can understand why. Yeah. And like that it was a brave thing to do. And And you know what? You hate Dermot and then everyone, I would recommend everyone read this book just to hate Dermot and know that that was her jerk of of an ex-husband. That was the intent. Right. It wasn't like. Years later, people can still hate him. Right. She did well showing how much you should hate him. And it's, I like, I agree with what you said that I want to like it because of that, because it is so real and true, but that doesn't make up for the things that I also, that I hate about it. Um, so after yeah. he does that, she asks him to stay for how long is it? Six months, one month, a year. She asks him to stay for some period of time to see if he will like change his mind and realize that he wants to stay with her and not the other woman that he wants to leave her for. I can't remember what time period it is, but during that time period, he treats her so completely awful and their kid is more like him. Like she relates more to her father. So the kid kind of sides with Dermot on the whole situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, her and the, the, the child... Lucy or something? I honestly don't remember. I can't remember. Um, because it wasn't important. <laughs> um, is has the same personality as the dad, so they were yeah. real close. Right. And she felt like she couldn't relate because she had such a strong relationship with her mother that her own child doesn't relate to her was also very hard on her. I can't imagine anything less attractive than a female INTP. <laughs> <laughs> I've never met one. I don't think I could ever no matter what they did for me i don't think i could ever love someone like that 
Wow, thanks, guys. I'm not that bad. All right, Dermot. I will say this, Zach. Zach. Yeah. I hope there's no machinery to mess up what I'm about to say. You are my favorite INTP. Aww. Wow, that's really, really touching. <laughs> that's you a are... really good box we put in. You know those people who we don't like? You're the least you bad know. of them. You know what? <laughs> I dislike you the least. <laughs> It's like we have to like rank all of the people that committed genocide in the uh, 20th century. Which of them no, we do don't. we like the most? <laughs> we do. That's the game at the end. <laughs> That's a bad game. Yeah. So. Marauding conquer. Definitely gets <laughs> done. He's right up there with that. So in the end, she loses her kid and the guy that she still loves through all of this like we're in her head no matter how badly he treats her she still loves him and she loses them both and her mother dies and her grandmother dies yeah she loses everything in her life which is how the book is presented like i lost everything that i cared about um and that is all that leads up to her being on the cliff side right right and so when i when I figured out that, like, or when it struck me that this was, like, going to be autobiographical, and like, I was like, oh, so what will this reveal about, like, her big disappearing act? Uh-huh. Like, will this sh- and it, it did not shine any light on it at all, which, of like, is so frustrating. But it makes you wonder, like, okay, was she doing it on purpose? Did she, like, was she hiding? Is that, like, the greatest secret that she ever kept? Or did she really not remember what happened? There was no wasp in the last act of the story. <laughs> no, it was not. No. And so, and she also tells, we don't get this in the story, but she tells the guy about how she wanted to be with other men after this. Like, she tried. Uh, mar- she was really close to marrying another guy, right? And, like, they were on a date, and then, I don't remember if he had already proposed, but they were really far in their relationship, and he said something like, don't ever stop being beautiful, or something like that, and it brought back all those memories, and she realized, like, I'm gonna be alone forever. Like, I can't. And he meant it, the way he meant it was like in a sweet way. Like he right. was like, "Oh, don't ever stop being beautiful." But it, yeah, it was a trigger. Right, for right. Her. And so she realized she had lost everything. That's how she ended up on this. And then she met this guy, and they're in the room together at the end, like they were at the beginning, at the end of the story. So, one of the reviews. This book got pretty positive reviews. One of the reviews I read about it said, like, the ending, like, makes everything make sense and the, the, the guy character saves the girl. That's what I read before I read the book. Nothing makes sense. You know what she finds out? What? He talked her off the ledge, though, right? He did. So. He did save her life, but that's not what they were talking about, the true significance of this guy. So imagine that this guy... I don't even know how to say this. This guy, they build up. Was this up, your Sally Field moment? This was my Sally Field moment. They kind of build up to this guy is going to do something that not only like saved her life literally, but made her change her whole perspective on her whole life. Right, Charlotte? Yes. Like not only she walked off, he literally saved her life, but also he needed to help her see that there was more to life. Give it, her a reason to live. And you know how he did that? By not having an arm. He didn't have an arm. And that. And I'm sorry, I'm 
Sorry, a he hand. Didn't have a hand. Yeah, he didn't have a hand, and she was like, she saw that he didn't have a hand, and she hadn't noticed it before, and she's like, I understand now. Everything is better. He was okay. <laughs> the whole time. The, the whole time. time. The whole time. <laughs> that woman was. It was Robin Williams. Yeah, the whole. <laughs> It ended up being Dermot was actually, no, no, Celia was actually Robin Williams. The reason that she was so afraid of the gunman in her dreams is not because, like, he never hurt anybody, but, like, because he always showed up when you thought that things were going well. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, a reminder that things were going to be bad again. And that's why he was so frightening. So then he, yeah, he only, he's only got one arm. And so when she saw that it was this guy and it was, like, you know, this guy's normal, he talked me off the cliff. She's like, oh, there is nothing to be afraid of. He's just a guy. She faced her greatest, deepest fear and was able to move past it. That was the point, but it was... The biggest, tw- the biggest one-armed man twists it's the fugitive. <laughs> so her life would have been solved if she would have just met someone If she just would have went to an amputee ward, that she could have gotten this taken care of way earlier. Yeah, it's just I understand what she was going for it's just so overly you know there's like this supposed to be this symbol and this like sentiment and it's like this it's not quite as overdrawn as Giant's Bread was but like to be the twist to be the be what gets you at the end and it like wraps everything up in a bow it's just left such a bitter taste in my mouth like oh he didn't have a hand so now I have a reason to live the whole time (laughs) The whole time. And I get it. The book was her life. And clearly this didn't happen to her. This is what was supposed to tie the book together and make it not just random blah on the pages. But it almost would have been better if they just ended it ambiguously. She just ended it ambiguously or just with not knowing or just her saying thank you for saving my life and him not knowing. But she had to put something on it that tied it together. And this was dumb. It was stupid. <laughs> yeah, I think Zach's face a minute ago, like, really described it. Like, right. You had your back against the wall, and, like, you were looking up at, like, nothing on the ceiling. <laughs> Not the bat from earlier. Like this. Yeah. Or, or yeah. this one. No, it wasn't the, the frightened face. <laughs> so I feel, yeah. I feel bad that it is so, it like, close to her. <laughs> but... Yeah, that was one of the things I thought, too. It's like, I want to be so, like, heartless and, like, rip it to shreds. But, like, because of having so much respect for her as a person and as a writer, it it was hard because it was so personal and it was so raw. And that was really difficult for her. So, but the thing I took away from it is to just hate Dermot. Just hate all the Dermots of this world besides that. (laughs) And, and, you know, that's all you need to know. And Genghis. He's my favorite Dermot. <laughs> I'm an INT I don't Dermot. Want to be <laughs> but you have, to get, you have to get stickers for the podcast that say like, "Oh, I want that now." Like, I'm the good Dermot. Know, our favorite Dermot. <laughs> yeah. Dermot. I heart Dermot. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not supporting that. I love it. I I thought about it like, okay, but what if I was a reader? We have the whole. We have. People didn't know about that about Agatha Christie till she released her autobiography later on or this movie. I thought, what if I was somebody reading this book in 1920, 1930, whatever, 
with no information that I would have even less reason to like it and I already hate it because I wouldn't know about Christie's autobiographical parts of it. So taking it out of the context of, oh, this connects to her life makes it even worse somehow that this is just a bad story. And even Giant's Bread... I thought was written very well. The plot was really stupid and overly sentimental and just dumb, but it was written really well. And this one wasn't. It like she did certain things right, but she she didn't do anything new with it like she did with Giant's Bread. And yeah. so it was Giant's Bread but without anything good. Yeah, like I said, she warned you at the beginning like this is just the random Yeah like ravings of a person like it has no sort of theme whatsoever and she was right but i would i would give this one more points over giant's bread only because it is so much shorter yeah it is shorter like half the size of giant's bread and for that reason i love it (laughs) so and there's no titanic ending for as bad as the ending was the ending of giant's bread will go down in history as one of the worst endings of all time. the whole time I don't know how to rank this book. Like, I hated it more than anything we've read so far. So you have to... What's on the bottom uh, of the pile? Let me check. I have it right here on my tablet so Zach doesn't have to yell at me. I've been zoned out most of this time. We know. So The very last book on the list is Big Four. That's the worst thing we've read so far. It, It definitely goes under that, yeah. So Unfinished Portrait is the worst... I could so definitely far, agree. With I agree, and it's sad, but you know what? When we get to her autobiography, it'll be the same book without the stupid Mrs. Doubtfire ending. I love Mrs. Doubtfire. Don't get me wrong. That's a great movie. It doesn't. Nobody was questioning that. I saw it in uh, Marilyn's eyes. She said, "Does he hate Mrs. Doubtfire?" <laughs> I was a little bit upset. I promise you, it's one of my favorite movies, but it just. Here's the thing. When you first brought up Mrs. Doubtfire, I couldn't help but a- accidentally imagine doubt. <laughs> no, when, just uh, doubt with Meryl Streep. Yeah, yeah, it was Meryl Streep movie with the nuns. Yeah, me and yeah, me and Zach love that movie. We love it. And so you're like, it's, I felt like it was at the ending of Doubt, and I was like, you had strong doubts. Yeah, and, Doubt ends with uh, Sister Aloysius Meryl Streep. Uh, realizing that she herself has strong doubts. Exactly. Yeah. So, so um, <laughs> what is your uh, what is your personality type? What are your letters? Uh, ESFJ. ESFJ. And Josh, what's yours? Mine is ENFJ. So it's EN and ES. That's the only difference between you two. Yep. Wow. We're like passing ships in the night. Yeah. What's yours, Charlotte? What's mine? Yeah. I-N-T-J. Okay, so the only difference between ours is the J and the P. Right. But yours is D-E-R-M-O-T-T. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yours is J-E-R-K. <laughs> Come back. So, um, the, the difference between I-N-T-J's and T-P's is that... Um, INTPs are extremely detail oriented mm-hmm. and like are usually in some way not like a clean freak but like they're very particular and they're very neat 
And like INTJs are just like, you know what? It's my space. I'll do what I want. And it's my story. I'll tell it like I want. And the way that Dermot was like that is not that Zach's a jerk, but they are usually very the logical minded one. Like they're like, you know, straight to the facts. We don't need to let emotion get in the way of it. Right. Yeah. And also like, why think about the possibilities when the reality is right there? Why stay loyal to my wife when she's just kind of a nag anyway? Well, I was was about to say with Charlotte, when she said, why think about the possibilities when the reality is right there? I was going to say, yeah, relate to that. And then Josh said that. And I was like, yeah, if you had said, if only you had said that. But Zach, of all of the, um, Zach thinks that way, but he is much more fun than the usual one because he likes to joke around and, like, go with whatever scenario. I think that's just the comedian inside him. And also the great thing about Zach is, is like, he, he, he knows he doesn't have to say those things. Like, the things that Dermot always thought, like, he just said out loud, like, hey, if you get ugly, I'm going to leave you. Zach might think it, but he knows oh, well enough. He's like, told me if I got ugly, he wouldn't be my friend. say this out loud. I can judge you silently in my own mind while smiling, and you're going to think I like you. Right. And I respect Zach for that. Thank you. doing it right now. Thank you, Dermot. I'm not Dermot. <laughs> Stop calling me that. So that's this book. Uh, the next one that we're going to be reading is Parker Pine Investigates. So if you, if you thought this one was a wild ride, get ready because it's about to get even wilder. Oh, please tell me there's something to look forward to after this. I can't. I might. No, what, no, no, no. Tell me what comes after Parker Pine. I just can't. I after can't Parker Pine is three-act tragedy. Okay. Things are going to improve. Okay, good. Okay, so okay. while Tragedies. we... It's not as yes. much of a tragedy as Unfinished Portrait <laughs> or Parker Pine, thankfully. You're exactly right. Good catch. <laughs> okay, so I have a game prepared that I'm excited about. Oh, good. If you guys are ready. So... I'm a dummy, and I forgot that uh, Susan was going to be guest starring in this episode. So I prepared it for two people. Like, one person does one of the things, and then one person does the other. So I'll have to exclude one of you, or two of you can be on a team. Like, Charlotte and Susan could be on a team, I guess. Or you can exclude me, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but you've done nothing so far, Dermot. I will leave. <laughs> I, will, I will straight up leave. What do you think, Charlotte? I don't know the nature of the uh, game. Yeah, I'll I, present the game and then we'll say. Okay. So we can definitely be a team. Um, I think it'll. Be, I think it's team will be fine. Guess one. Can I have Josh on my team? Sure. How about you and Tyrone yeah. are on a team? Oh, so good. Tyrone. <laughs> okay. So, so even at two to one, it's still not fair because Zach has won like every podcast game he's ever played. This isn't a game you can win, really. So you're fine. (laughs) Oh, this isn't a winning game. This is only a losing game. (laughs) Uh, I only come to win. (laughs) Yes, same, same. Okay, where did Zach go? Oh, he's getting he's getting his hat to be Tyrone. (laughs) Okay, there's Tyrone. For you, (laughs) for you people at home, he's wearing a backwards hat. And holding his hands together like Justin Bieber in the Calvin Klein commercial. 
okay. it's the only way to be the real Tyrone. All right, so the premise of this game, you know the BuzzFeed quizzes that are like, okay, decorate this restaurant and we'll tell you which gangster you are? No. Okay. Or, That's all I I don't read. I take BuzzFeed. Yeah, like, <laughs> tell us which Star Wars character you like and we'll tell you why you're wrong. It's like... Oh, yeah, did you do one about, like, pasta? Or was that me? That was you. Okay, sorry. So, yeah, it's a quiz that's like, you do this thing, like, answer these questions in regards to this, and from that information, we will tell you what your personality matches. Like, decorate this house, we'll tell you which Golden Girls character you are. Okay. You're familiar too, Charlotte? Yes. Okay, so this is a special don't drink the tea version of that game. I've made two separate ones. So... Like, if Zach wants to do one, and if Charlotte and Susan want to be on a team for the other. Okay. Okay, so who wants to go first? Zach can go first. Okay, Zach. You ready for this one? Okay, the name of this BuzzFeed quiz is Manage a Small Butcher Shop in East Michigan, and we'll tell you which Don't Drink the Tea running gag you are. I like to do this in my sleep. Got it? All right, ready for your first question? I guess. Your dog, Ferglin, gets into the pig tongue again. Ferglin? Your dog, Ferglin, gets into the pig tongue again. Do you A, rebrand them as dog treats? B, throw the tongues out and tell Ferglin he can no longer enter the dog show this year? C, put Ferglin for sale because you can't take another loss of $23,000 due to inedible pig tongues? Or D, pat Ferglin on the head and guffaw over the unpredictability of life. Ugh, this is a tough one. I think it's really between B and C. Throw uh, the tongues out or put Ferglin for sale? Ferglin's a, a uh, no, English know, bulldog, meant, by the way. I meant, I meant B and D, actually. Oh, okay. Throw the tongues out or pat Ferglin on the head. <laughs> uh, I'll probably go with D. You're going to pat yeah. Ferglin on the head? Good call. Yeah. All right. Next question. Your son, Bockwurst, won't stop playing Animal Crossing in the kitchen instead of working. Do you A, take away his laptop and make him scrape the brawn off the floor? B, adopt a burly son named Chad who won't find new ways to disappoint you every day? (laughs) C, turn off the Wi-Fi and tell him ISIS did it? Or D, grab your Nintendo Switch out of your apron pocket and join him because you've always wanted to talk to birds. Hey, no for a fact, I don't care about talking to birds. Yes, Zach told me the other day when we both were ranting about Animal Crossing that he never wanted to talk to birds, so why would he play that? You know what what Animal Crossing is, Charlotte? I know that it's a big thing right now, but I have not played it. Okay, it's not really a thing. I don't enjoy it. A lot of people really, really like it, but me, it's just not mine and Zach's thing. Yeah, it's like you have to play it every single day. You gotta duck the birds. It does seem like a bit of a waste of time, yeah. Here's the deal, guys. (laughs) (laughs) His mouth is so close to the screen. I've never wanted to duck the birds. Okay, so which of those so, options do you think you'd pick if you were a butcher managing a butcher shop in East Michigan? I would adopt a burly son. <laughs> Named Chad, who won't disappoint yeah. you every day? Exactly. All right. All right, this next one's a doozy. 
Okay. A convicted felon on death row requests your carpetbag steak as his last meal. He was convicted for running down Threnton, the newspaper boy, in his Rolls Royce, but you've always had a sneaking suspicion that he inflicted your cattle with bovine, spongiform, encephalopathy? You wrote this. <laughs> which is BSE, which is mad cow disease. Even though he was convicted and sentenced to death for his crime, you always deeply resented that the victimization of your cattle had no bearing on his case in court or his sentence. So, do you, A, prepare the carpet bag as you always do because your reputation as a butcher is more important than your personal vendetta, B, fill the steak with grazed clams rather than the traditional raw oysters, C, tell your wife if she doesn't stop buying so much Tupperware online after he goes to bed, after you go to bed, she might have the same fate as the convicted felon. Or D, take it to the streets. What was the last one? Take it to the streets. <laughs> He's about to die. He's on death row. I can't take it to the streets with him. <laughs> okay. I think what this game has proved more than anything is that this is what happens when Josh is in solitary confinement. <laughs> What is that supposed to mean? <laughs> oh, man. I think really, as fun as it would be to take to the streets or to threaten my wife's life, I think... We know, damn it. As fun as it would be, I think my reputation as a butcher is too important. I can't lose that kind of business. Nice. So I kept these short at just three questions each because, you know, I don't want the episode to go on forever. your answers are a novel. Yeah, so here's what you are. Here's the results based off of the answers that you gave. Which running gag are you? You are, leave a blank spot here. You're an old classic and extremely reliable. People may occasionally get tired of you, but as soon as they do, they feel bad for it because you're so endearing and charming. <laughs> you are actually really close, though, to being Grandma Seesaw. Unpredictable and generally frightening, to say the least. People can't handle to be within 20 feet of you, but they will send you a postcard when they go to Italy. I'm guessing if I would have chose to write my wife's life, I would have been. Yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, oh, something um, else with your son. That reminds me, Zach, I saw a card the other day that my cousin had sent to my grandparents. Mm -hmm. my, my grandfather's name is Cecil, or Cecil, depending on what country you're in. So my little second cousin, who's like two, can't pronounce Cecil, so he calls him Grandpa Seesaw. Oh, nice. I was like, oh, oh my yeah. God. Come on, that truth wrote. is Grandma Seesaw. My grandma is Grandma Seesaw, yes. Yeah. Wow. That's true. That is real life. He's coming at you, he's coming out. <laughs> Very nice. All right. Charlotte and Mary, are you ready for your game? Your BuzzFeed quiz. Are you ready? All right. Okay. All right. This one is called Host a Dinner Party featuring every character Kathy Bates has ever played, and we'll tell you which Don't Drink the Tea game you are. <laughs> are you ready? Gold, Jerry, gold. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, Zach just texted me. <laughs> this, podcast is, this podcast is lame. Let's get out of here. <laughs> School of Rock the other day. Oh yeah, when they were at the concert. Yeah. yeah. I well I didn't get it in the moment. You always hoped you would. Sorry, yeah, we watched School of Rock the other day. Okay, you ready, Charlotte? And Mary? Yeah. 
Okay, remember, you're hosting a dinner party with every character Kathy Bates has ever played as your guests. Okay. Okay. As your guests begin filtering in, you get a call from the unsinkable Molly Brown telling you she's lost and can't find the house because her GPS won't work. Do you A, give her the address and say she needs to figure it out herself because you're hosting the party right now? Do you B, send Harry from Harry's Law to go get her? Do you C, give the phone to the sea hag from the animated film Popeye's Voyage, The Quest for Pappy? Or D, do you borrow Mama Boucher's truck and do it yourself? No, I, I, just, I, I was laughing in my brain so much that I like stopped absorbing the information. I didn't stop listening. Okay. So which which one are you going with? I just feel like seeing if a phone to someone else. No, what were they again? What's it? You, no. you would tell her to do it herself, or you would send Harry from Harry's Law. That's where Kathy Bates was a lawyer. Or you would give the phone to the sea hag from the animated film Popeye's Voyage, The Quest for Pappy. <laughs> Or give or borrow Mama Boucher's truck from uh, Billy Billy Madison or the one where he plays uh, football. No, no, no. Uh, Water Boy. Water Boy, sorry, and do it yourself. I remembered Kathy Bates' character's name, but couldn't remember the name of the movie. You figured out that what Quest for Poppy existed, but you couldn't remember Water Boy. Quest for Pappy. It's just a great like. The sea hag yeah, okay. from Popeye's what? Voyage to... It's Popeye... Popeye... Voyage... Nah. Popeye's Voyage is the name of it. And then, colon, the quest for Pappy. Of course it is. And yeah. Kathy Bates played the sea hag, and she are, she got to your party because she's great at navigation, clearly. Okay. You want to give the phone to her? Most yeah. hags are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Ready for the second question? You might be. All right. Halfway through the party, you realize that Annie Wilkes from Misery has eaten the entire cheese plate. Do you A, demand that she go buy you another cheese plate or another acceptable dairy substitute? Do you B, call the cops because you remember that she killed people in that movie? Do you C, try to figure out if Kathy Bates really guest starred on an episode of Third Rock from the Sun or if that Kathy Bates was lying just to get in? Or do you D, take it to the streets? What's that? No, you, you realize that she killed someone in that movie, so you call the cops. That was the option. Yeah, that's B. Call the cops because you remember that Annie Wilkes killed people in misery. Okay, but she's also the one who ate all my cheese. Right, that's two crimes. Yeah, so this There's lady, you already know, is full of cheese. <laughs> and has murdered before. Yes. I'm going to take her to the street. Nice. That's right. I <laughs> thought you would. <laughs> You have to, because the American criminal system is just not quick enough. Right. The street's the only way to handle this. You know that I'll drag through court, just like it did for the convicted felon for your butcher shop. Exactly. Carpetbag steak. All right. Last question. Bitsy, it's a steak. I think you're winning. You open the steak up, and you put raw oysters in it and cook it. You seal it up and cook it with raw oysters in it. Oh, that's gross. That's carpetbag steak, yep. All right. Hey, that's a real thing? Yeah, that's carpetbag steak. Josh knows this. 
because it's he's random word. for some reason. Because I'm mentally unstable and I'm been quarantined. Yeah. All right. Jeff's been doing a lot of research on. <laughs> Uh, was it Milwaukee? Uh, Michigan. Yeah. Michigan. I knew it started with F. Yeah. All right. Last question. Uh, Bitsy the Cow from the remake of Charlotte's Web and Miss Hannigan from the remake of Annie get into a fist fight over whether or not a remake can possibly be better than the original. Do you A, make a noise with your mouth that sounds like a gun's firing to get them to stop? <laughs> Do you... B, use your anecdote that Puss in Book is the TV sequel to the prequel of the sequel to Shrek. Do you C, ask the Queen of Hearts from the BBC TV version of Alice in Wonderland if she could get involved since she has diplomatic immunity, or D, take it to the streets? <laughs> so many options to take to the streets. So remember, you, you, yeah. Yeah, he was the he was the hair, right? I, or Mad Hatter? Mad Hatter, yeah. Yeah. And, well, then just that alone, I would pick C, but that's just me. But or remember, B is to share your anecdote that Puss in Book yeah. is the TV sequel to the prequel of the sequel to the movie Shrek. You figure that if you give them that anecdote, they'll be so tired by the time you're done that they'll stop fighting. Yeah, he wanted us that's to appreciate. That'll get Bitsy and Miss Hannigan to stop, I think. But you want to choose the, the Queen just, of Hearts, right? I'm just throwing that out there. No, because that was... Because I like... I like... Diplomatic community. That's, <laughs> that's what you're going to go with? Yeah, let's... All right. That. The results are in. Are you ready? Are you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You are... The food game. Even though people find you revolting, they keep coming back for more. A bitter chore or a fan favorite? But really, what's the difference? And of course, you were one question away from being the Evan Almighty quiz. People don't expect much from you, but you always surprise everyone with your intelligence and versatility. And that is my, my BuzzFeed quizzes for the day. You always put so much work into these things that I'm always like just blown away and like so insecure about the next time my, I do a game. My knowledge of Kathy Bates is so deep that I didn't have to do any work at all for this game. No, this is all off the dope. <laughs> all off the dope. <laughs> I lay awake at night thinking about Kathy Bates' many roles in film. <laughs> yeah, I only knew, I think, two of those that you mentioned of like the 18 that you mentioned that I knew only oh, like Oh, which one? The Sea Hag from uh, Popeye's Foolish, Popeye's The Quest Foolish. for Pappy? Everybody knows that one. Bitsy the Cow from Charlotte's Web? <laughs> Harry's Law? I like Law. that question that both of them were in a sequel but yet they had differing opinions about the sequel. Remakes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Remakes, sorry. Right. That is, yeah, that, <laughs> that's, that is the quite a uh, plot hole there. <laughs> That's the strangest thing about what I said. And everyone knows that Annie Wilkes from Misery was lactose intolerant. Uh, I, 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 everyone knows. That's why she was so upset. It was the constipation. I've been there. I've wanted to break someone's ankles before just because of it. <laughs> and what did you do? You took it to the streets. I just How took it you? to the streets. 
you gotta do something. You gotta do it. <laughs> now, was that something I put in when I couldn't think of another answer? No! It's a viable option. Take it to the streets. So, this, this just happened just now. I looked over on my table and saw this note. And when I realized what reading it out of context would imply, I thought it's the greatest thing that's ever happened and I could never, ever, ever create this moment. So are you ready for this note that was laying right next to me? We're ready. Yeah. Charlotte, having trouble with Seamus peeing on my rug, so <laughs> I need to change my laundry just a bit. <laughs> oh, come on. I thought it was a toilet. Oh, Lassie, you know how it is. Sometimes you can't make it to the bathroom in time. I like that Kathy Bates. Could not, it could not ever be made. It just had to happen in in the moment. That note is a piece of <laughs> art. Having trouble. If, you know, if Seamus would take it to the streets, we wouldn't be having this problem. <laughs> That's true. Seamus would always take it to the streets if he just had enough time. You figure with a kilt, it's, you know... You got that extra buffer time. Yeah. It's like, come on, you don't even have to undo the zipper. <laughs> oh, wow. I missed this. It was good to get together again, my folks. And it was yeah. nice to have a guest star. Yeah. Thank you for being with... Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for what? being with us. Uh, I've <laughs> run out of names <laughs> to call you. Um, you know, I think it's pretty fitting. Um, just because, you know, Agatha Christie was under an assumed name. Right. Like, yeah. It goes well. I'm just saying. It did work, yeah. And did it's you notice funny. that every yeah. one of those movies that Kathy Bates was in, she never used her real name? Wow. <laughs> that is talent. Bitsy the Cow. <laughs> the Sea Hag. From Popeye's <laughs> Voyage, The Quest for Pappy. Now, wow. don't lie to me. Tonight you're going to go straight up to your TV and have a Kathy Bates marathon, aren't you? No, that's not... Uh, well, I don't, not for me. I don't know what's... Why not? Do. Why not? But who knows if I'll stay awake. What do you think I've been doing the whole time this podcast is on? What have you been paying attention. What have you been watching? <laughs> uh, Popeye's Adventure. Voyage! You the quest for it. Pappy, you fool! <laughs> that's what I said. Oh, I'm going to take it to the streets. <laughs> well, thank yeah, sorry. It's been a while, and you need some. You need some new blood every now and then. So yes, thank you for joining thank us, you. Kathy. Anytime, guys. Anytime. Hey, if you invite me again, maybe I'll four. Ooh. Hey. Double or nothing. We can't take that. Okay. That oh. promises. Promises. Listen, you're already listening to more than me, and I can't have that. It looks bad on my name. Zach, that, I, level of, that level of dedication just was, like, bordering on creepy stalker. Sorry, guys. Actually, yeah, we... I've we, been for a while now. We kind of had two uh, guest stars on this episode. We had uh, Mary, and we had Dermot, too. Oh, yes. I hate you. Dermot, would what? you still love me if I was ugly? No. <laughs> Because you are ugly now. Because currently I am, yes. <laughs> but also, like, point out for, uh, you know, because this is, you know, audio, um, that Josh's hair is now longer than mine. It's pretty 
redonkulous. It's longer than mine. It's never, it's never been this long before. I always cut it way before this. It doesn't. Zach's or excuse me, Josh's hair doesn't grow down. It goes out. Out. I'm going for a. I'm going for a Count Olaf. Yeah, like an afro. I'm going for a Count Olaf look. I'm thinking about uh, kidnapping some orphans and stealing their fortune soon. That's a good idea. <laughs> Thank you. If I was you, but it, I, I would start with taking it to the streets, though. I'm going to take it to the streets. The moment I press pause, I'm taking it to the streets. Pressing pause on what? The recording. Well, oh. it, it looked, yeah. You know, um, Josh, you are the only one with streets to take it to. I'm about to take it there. And when I go out there, yeah. All right, so what's the, what's the thing, the, like the end thing? You said there was an end Secret, thing. secret project. Oh, yeah. So me and Zach, before the lockdown, we can't even have the excuse that it was because we were locked down. We created a podcast of our own and recorded like f- five, episodes. five episodes of this podcast, each of them an hour or more long. It's complete, and every time I try to upload it, the the uh, Spotify keeps rejecting it. And I know there's nothing <laughs> there's nothing in it offensive or copywritten. I'm doing something wrong, and I have to keep working on it. But that's what Zach alluded to, being the worst podcast name imaginable. And I've already promised Nemesis that I was going to get this podcast out, so I need to do it. But it's. Yeah, but what's the title, Zach? It's a hot tub album reviews. Oh, oh wow! You wonder why it won't. <laughs> Look, there's worse on there. So, like the whole the whole theme of the podcast is just me and Josh casually in a hot tub reviewing, reviewing albums. albums. We review Dark Side of the Moon. Bad Out of Hell, some uh, Coed and Cambria. What's the name of that one? Uh, Afterman. Uh, Murder by Death. Good Morning Magpie. And one yeah, other. What's that other one we, we did? Did reviewed... we only do four? We may have only we did, did four. We only did four, yeah. Yeah. We were going to do five, but I think we haven't neglected to do it so far. Yeah, because we kept saying, let's do this. And then I was like, well, it'd be nice if I could get the other ones up. If Spotify kept saying, come on, just name it anything else. <laughs> Maybe you just need to do, like, HT. Yeah, they're like, they don't know what it is. We just have to say it in the title, yeah. That's a good Try idea. Try doing this, because I was going to say, well, Hot Tub isn't, like, uh, um, copyrighted. Try, try Jacuzzi. Jacuzzi's the, <laughs> isn't Jacuzzi the copywritten name, though? Hot Tub right, is but the. Maybe it'll, like, it'll, like, break the algorithm or something. Right, maybe the first one I've been trying to upload is is Bad Out of Hell. I bet Meatloaf is sitting at his computer, and every time Spotify asks him, like, hey, is it okay if these guys in a hot tub review your album? He goes, in a what? <laughs> oh, come on, you know very well Meatloaf would be like, sure. As long as I can do it. You think we could get Meatloaf to star on this podcast? Squeeze him in between all the times that Toby Keith insists on being here. 
he's, he's really getting like he's really getting obnoxious. Like I feel like somebody needs to like break up with him. <laughs> oh, break up with Toby Keith? I don't think <laughs> Zach has a meatloaf impression. Who's your daddy? Who's your baby? <laughs> That's for you. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Toby. I'm I don't know any meatloaf songs. Sorry. <laughs> On guitar. Yeah. I know them in, like, general. Yeah. You know of them. Uh, yeah. 2L3 ain't bad. Oh, that's my least favorite. Meryl. <laughs> <laughs> I guess meatloaf's for next time. Yeah, meatloaf will... Yeah, I'll... Next time when Parker Pine investigates, meatloaf will be starring and writing a song for every short story in that book. Every time you mention the name, I get nauseous. Like, literally. Like, you said it, I'm like, oh, not that again. Parker Pine or Meatloaf? <laughs> Parker Pine. <laughs> oh, okay. Have you read this book? Um, I, yes. Okay, <clears throat> yes. We've all been yeah. reading it, yeah. Yeah, we keep, ta- we keep stopping each other from talking about it because we can't talk about it, but... So, before we go, there's just one thing that's, like, the best thing, and from, like, the first moment that I met Stella like I wanted her to tell this this little bit of information on the podcast like your claim to fame what is like the greatest thing that all of us will be jealous of forever <laughs> who is way back because because she knows her family history and so she when she came over she was well, the first time that we met she was like oh we're related to that guy that actor what you know the actor the guy with the mustache and i was like that doesn't narrow it down and she said no 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 wait the guy with the mustache who is the guy with the mustache tom Selleck. yes you're related to tom Selleck. yes it would be like oh my gosh like their family and our family would like marry each other you're inbred with tom Selleck. Yeah, you, you were cool for five seconds, so then you ruined it. Uh, but, when say, but when you say those words, the guy with the mustache, that is, you just know. That's pretty cool. I'm just going to put in the description that Tom Selleck was on this episode. Close enough, man. Yeah, it's nice. Fun, so i got to let you put that up. Have you become... Yeah, they'll ban it. <laughs> Especially if Hot Tub is anywhere in the mix. Have you, like, written to him and told him about us? I, not yet. I will. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. Do you call him, like, cuz? <laughs> you know? Double like, cuz? Hey, and he's like... Kissing cuz? What? <laughs> <laughs> so I think 50th West removed. <laughs> Great Tom Selleck. I just yeah. Well, he's probably old now. What? <laughs> Sorry, hold up. What? <laughs> For those listening at home, Zach has lifted a very realistic finger mustache up to his lip. Actually, I those think of you listening at home, Josh is ruining the immersion. <laughs> I think that he is 75. I think Tom Selleck is 75. I looked this up. and like. Oh, I thought you said 7 foot 5. Hair. I was like, good grief. Yes. I never noticed that. Bald, too. Bald? How bald? Oh, tall. Bald. How bald is he? 
75. And re- related to Susan two ways. That's right. Two multiple in family marriages. I'm my own grandpa. No, I they do that. It's fine. It doesn't matter. We appreciate it. That's all that matters. What do we do? He's six four. Whoa. He's always got a one up. I'm almost six four. You're almost three four. Take it to the streets. Okay, we've been the we've been wrapping this up for thirty-one minutes. <clears throat> any oh any parting? I, think, I know it's just against all of your principles. It's against all of the beliefs that you hold dear. But you might need to do some editing on this one. I ought to hit you for that. This is all. Yeah. This is all gold. I can't imagine one. You know what? You want to take it to the streets? We'll take it to the streets. <laughs> you want to give me one thing that we've said that can be cut in this whole episode? That's true. Like, this second half could all be, like, bonus, like... That's what happens when good friends get together. Aww. Man, I can't wait to get together with some good friends. All right, Dermot, shut up. (laughs) Oh, Dermot. Keep it real. Oh, Dermot. I'm not daggone Dermot! (laughs) (laughs) All right, Tyrone, I'm sorry. We're happy to have you, Tyrone. (laughs) Got a hat on. Tyrone, do you have any words to to close out the podcast with? Yeah, check me on SoundCloud. Uh, I'm Tyrone 420. All right. I do raps.